G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, let's get a focus today on a very important aspect of our humanity, and that is the development of our character. It's something we don't always give a lot of attention to, and sometimes we're more reflective about someone's character rather than the way that that character actually formed in the individual. Well, someone who's been writing about this in depth of recent times is Justine Toe from the Centre for Public Christianity. Justine's back with us today. Hello, Justine. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Justine, something sparked in you when you saw and heard of uh, the deaths of those two Australians who were on death row in Bali, Andrew Chan and Myron Sukumaran, the way that they were able to stand and with a sense of faith in their hearts, were able to face death in a very brave way. It, It gave you some insights into their character. Well, I, like most Australians, was quite astonished at how they were able to, at the moment of the, you know, their deaths, were able to sing and sing such amazing praises to God. And I think that I and many other Australians, people who have faith and people who don't have faith, were just sitting there going, oh my gosh, what is this thing called faith that can actually produce that sort of response in you, particularly at the moment of your death? And so... I think it's worth thinking about, you know, how we can make impacts in the lives of other people in a similar way. Like not everyone will be able to get that sort of public platform. But I think that if the more that we talk about character and particularly how character can be developed and um, formed in our individual lives, that Christians will still be able to demonstrate how character is being shaped in their lives, particularly by their faith. So that's what first got me interested in this topic. Interestingly, this character that's formed in us helps us not only face the ultimate, like Chan and Sukumaran did, uh, being able to sing Amazing Grace at the time of their death, but this character in us, as it's formed, helps us face the stresses and the pressures and the challenges of our everyday lives. So it's, it's worth us considering. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have to admit, I'm influenced in this by David Brooks. He's a New York Times columnist, and he's been thinking about the nature of character over the last little while. And he's written a book called The Road to Character, where he talks about this. And he talks about how, you know, he knows a bunch of people in his life who aren't necessarily, you know, successful by worldly standards, but that they have some sort of inner light in them. And so he kind of thinks more about this and says they've actually got character and even though character is not something that is really um, developed, I suppose, or it, it's, it's, it's a kind of strange fit for our public square these days. You know, we find ourselves really nervous to talk about, you know, someone that has a good character or someone hasn't. He says that it's worth sort of reintroducing that idea of character back into our moral vocabulary because in the end we all want to be people of good character. And he says that everyone feels like that regardless of whether you're a person of religious faith or not. 
He's also enlarging on things that he's calling virtues, different types of virtues that make up a person's character. And there's a difference between even the good versus the good virtues, not to mention the bad, which we might get to shortly. (laughs) Yes. He talks about uh, eulogy virtues and resume virtues. And uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, I suppose. Resume virtues are the ones that you spend a lot of efforts trying to achieve. Uh, You know, you go to university so you can get a good job. So you have these skills that will get you, you know, the things that you want in your life. So it's all those sorts of talents and skills that we trust our institutions to to train in us, so our universities and, and so on. But he says that the distinction with character is that you know, sure, there are resume virtues, but there are also eulogy virtues as well. And and we all know, he says, that eulogy virtues are the ones that actually matter in the end. And these are the virtues that would be spoken about you at your funeral, for example. So whether you were a kind person, whether you loved and how deeply you loved, what sort of person were you? And he says that everyone wants to be remembered well, basically. So if that's the case, then maybe we should spend time thinking about those eulogy virtues and trying to cultivate them in us rather than sort of focusing so much attention on those resume virtues, which, you know, our contemporary culture gets us to be preoccupied with all the time. Interestingly, he describes some people as being incandescent souls, uh, people who are illuminated, and he describes that illumination as a type of light within which actually exposes the darkness in himself. It's like this comparison thing because uh, we can always uh, compare ourselves with someone whose character might be better than ours. Yeah, and obviously the um, yeah it, work, it works very much that way. I mean, I'm sure everyone's had that experience where you see someone who's so genuinely good and you're like, oh, I'm not quite that good myself. <laughs> um, yep. So I'm sure we've all been in the position that David Brooks has. But, um, you know, kudos to him for saying, you know what, these people have something that I don't have and I see something really wonderful in what they have and I want some of that, so let me try and figure out what it is they have and how I can hopefully save my own soul in the process by having that as well. So he's interested in, he kind of went on this big um, tour through history and books and newspapers and and so on to find the, the lives of these individual personalities, he says, who have become those those luminous people who have character. And so he compiles a list of what he calls moral adventures that um, he wants to go on and that he thinks that his readers perhaps could also go on in the hope of developing that character and becoming, hopefully, one of those luminous souls that it is so worth trying to be like. Interesting here when we start to talk about people who are Christians who have perhaps even been able to identify a starting point where they left that old life behind when they began then to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, there is a, a change in direction and it's a change of character formation that, that he seems to suggest uh, looks different in a Christian than what it does in an ordinary person who's not been one who is claiming to be a follower of Christ. Well, it's important to say that David Brooks himself is not a Christian. He's very sort of tight-lipped about his own spiritual path. Um, But the sorts of kind of turning points that he's talking about, you know, even in his own story, realizing that he wasn't all that he thought he was and then going, I want to be different. Like that sort of does map on to a Christian's coming to faith, if you know what I mean. Like there's an acknowledgement of sin, an acknowledgement that um, we aren't all that we should be. 
and that there's a, a you know a turn and, and a commitment to doing something uh, and to being different later, um, and that is obviously um, the work of, of Jesus in in the Christian's life. So it does map on quite nicely, and and it's also why I thought his work was so interesting because a lot of the moral adventures that he describes, you know, the experience of humility of of conscience, of vocation, of self-defeat, of dependency. These are all familiar touchstones, I suppose, of the Christian's life as well. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know what, he's not talking about um, Christianity explicitly, but there's a lot of Christian values floating around in what he's talking about. And so that's what I thought, man, this is quite interesting. You know, this, you know the, what, what he's talking about is basically what Christians are asked to do in their lives. Yeah. And it is... It is um, evidence, I suppose, that you can have an impact on the lives of other people because, you know, David Brooks, for, for one person, notices that um, people with character have these sorts of qualities. And so if Christians have these qualities, then you can make that wonderful public impact with um, your faith. And even in the most ordinary ways, you know, not all of us will have the stage that uh, Andrew Chan and Myron Sukumaran, um had to proclaim their faith in such a public way. But there are ordinary and everyday ways that Christians might proclaim their faith through their character. Well, we are talking about the way that character forms in us and reflecting on some of the writings of uh, columnist David Brooks. Our guest is Justine Toe from the Centre for Public Christianity. We'll talk some more in just a few moments, and I want to get your thoughts and your insights uh, on the issues of humility and sin. Justine, we'll come back and talk some more in just a short while. Sounds great. We are talking about the character formation in our lives and what difference that character formation might take if we are believers in Christ. And Justine Toe from the Centre for Public Christianity, our guest, talking through these issues and reflecting on the writings of New York Times columnist David Brooks, whose writing called The Moral Bucket List and uh, other writings about moral adventures are informing us a little about just how character is formed in our lives. We've been talking about this character, Justine, and even reflecting on Andrew Chan and Myron Sukumaran and the sort of character that was built into them to be able to stand before a firing squad and sing a hymn like Amazing Grace and reflecting on the fact that really some of us might have great difficulty with the character that's formed in us to be able to stand there and be able to do that. But let me ask you about another really important dimension here, and that is one of those character traits that we often really look up to, and that is a person who is a humble person. And there's a connection here which uh, you might like to enlarge on, this recognition of sin as part of the formation of that character of humility. Yeah, David Brooks um, speaks about how people who are truly humble have been brought into confrontation with their own weakness. And they've been able to identify what he calls their core sin. So the thing that sort of lies at the center of their being that they know is not how they should be. And once they are profoundly honest about their weakness, it kind of frees them to, to not be driven from that place so much in their lives. And so I just thought, wow, this is a very 
Christian understanding of what it means to struggle with some um, aspect of ourselves or some sinful part of ourselves that we can't quite overcome, you know, like, and to be honest and acknowledge that it's there and then to be released from that through the love of Christ and through Christ paying the penalty for us is freeing. And, you know, I mean, what David Brooks is talking about is a more secular version of that, but it's still a very profound thing that we should say, yes, you're on the right track. And exciting, I think, because to be able to reflect on this, and of course uh, we're reflecting on his writings and from a Christian perspective, where he talks about decentering the self as a reminder that the true riches are in another. And this level of humility is something that, you know, as we reflect on the life of Jesus Christ and the life that we ought to have in following him, these are the sorts of things that really remind us of just how important it is to put sin in its rightful place. Yeah, and and on the idea of love, I mean, David Brooks talks about how we live in this culture of the big me where we're constantly encouraged to put ourselves forth to sort of share our thoughts and our photos of our food, for example, on social media and all that sort of thing. But he says that, so love, he says, is another one of these moral adventures that can develop character. He says that love is ennobling because it reminds you that the true riches are in another person. So it's not about you, it's about the other person, which again resonates with um, this idea about the Christian way of life where, you know, Jesus laid down his life for other people. And so, you know, our core sin is, is, I suppose, a wish to be God ourselves and to free ourselves from the demands of other people. But this experience of love actually challenges that so much and shows us a better way, that love is not supposed to be about me, it's supposed to be about the other person. And so sin is, yep, me thinking about me, but really life is better lived when it's lived with others in mind. And you're suggesting that Christians think of the way that they understand this character formation, this character development, as something of a moral adventure, uh, which for some of us it sounds like, oh, this is all too much hard work, I've got to rely on someone else to help me do that. But you're saying get into the depths of exploration, this is a moral adventure that you need to be on to see how your character is forming. Well, I think that even though David Brooks talks about this as a moral adventure and it feels like, oh, we have to gear ourselves up for this sort of big trek across the moral landscape, I think that, you know, if you're a Christian and if you're in a church and if that church is really, um, you know, interested in in discipling and forming the lives of of its community, then the sorts of moral adventures that David Brooks talks about it should just be part and parcel of the ordinary life of a Christian. So in some ways, I think what I'm trying to do here is to encourage Christians to understand that, you know, it seems as though you have to be really important and big and public to, to, to make an impact with your faith. But there are so many little ways that you can do it um, and so many everyday ways which seem quite innocuous to us but which may have eternal impact um, in the lives of other people. So I really want to stress that the everyday is a really valuable setting against which we can, you know, show our character that's been formed by the Christian way of life. And that can make a huge impact on people's lives. I mean, I'm just loving that uh, terminology, the incandescent soul. And and when you start to talk about the illuminated life, uh, I mean, this does show very much 
what we all aspire to, uh, to have that illuminated life. And, of course, this is not just something, as we were reflecting a little earlier, on something that might be referred to in a eulogy about us on our dying day, although we hope that people will say nice things about us yes. <laughs> uh, around our graveside. But these are the things that will bring forth a response from people in our day-to-day life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's incredible to think that you can, that every time you're engaging with someone, whether it's, you know, someone at the cafe or, you know, your family or your, or your son, like as, as I am, for example, you know, 3am trying to put him back to sleep because he doesn't want to go back to sleep. Um, it's, these are all moments where we are constantly getting the chance to refine our character and to sort of steer our lives in the direction of those eulogy virtues, perhaps on the one hand, or those resume virtues. And even if, if we know that those eulogy virtues are the ones that really count, then hopefully we can sort of think about, oh, you know, what is going to outlast my achievements? Well, it's the kind of person I am. And hopefully make decisions and do things along those lines. Well, of course, we know that motherhood is a character-forming process, as is parenthood, if I include dads in all of that. But these things are so important to be able to reflect on today, Justine, and uh, always love talking to you, and your deep insights are just super valuable. Justine Toe from the Centre for Public Christianity. Justine, great getting your insights. Thanks for being with us again today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thanks. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.